Amen. Amen. I want to hear a bigger amen for God. Amen. amen. How many of you are blessed to be here this morning? Amen. I want to thank God for your life. I want to thank God for our senior pastor. I want to thank God for the leadership. I want to thank God for all of you. Leroy, congratulations to you guys again. Amen. If you have your Bibles, would you go with me? And if you don't mind standing, I want you to stand with me as we read the scripture, the text for the day. Go with me to the book of Galatians chapter number 5, verses 22 to 23. Galatians chapter number 5, verses 22 to 23. If you're there, Galatians chapter number 5. Bible says, by the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, kindness, faith, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. And I want you to read after me when I say the word you say it after me. Because I want it to sink deep into your heart. By the fruit of the Spirit... It's love, it's joy, it's peace, it's patience, it's kindness, it's goodness, it's gentleness, it's self-control. And against such things, there is no law. Go with me to the book of First Peter chapter number 3. First Peter chapter number 3 verses 15. Bible says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and with respect. Amen? Bible said, but you may have your seat, please. You may humbly have your seat. Bible said that, but in your heart, tell somebody in your heart, revere Christ as Lord. Peter is talking to believers. Am I speaking to believers in this house this morning? He wasn't talking to the people in the world. He was talking to Christians. And he said, but in your heart, revere Christ as Lord. What Peter was saying is this, that you have to set your heart aside for a place where Christ resides. Your heart has to be separated. Your heart has to be set aside to honor and to respect God. To honor and to adore God. Your heart has to be set apart to, to, to a point where when people look at you, they see something different about you. Set your heart to honor God, to fully honor God. And you know what is beautiful about this? When your heart is set to fully honor God, when your heart is set to fully revere God, when your heart is set to fully worship God, people look at you and they see something different. There is something different about people that have set their heart to worship God. And Peter is saying that when, and always be prepared. Why do you always have to be prepared? Because people are curious to know what is going on in your life. When you go up a little bit up the text, it was talking about suffering and it's talking about hopelessness. But when you set your heart to the things of God, when your heart is set on God, in the midst of the confusion, in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of everything that is going on, there is some hope in you. And people are eager to know what is so different about you. Tell somebody, set your heart, set your heart to revere God. When your heart is set on God, there's a noticeable change. Tell somebody a noticeable change. And people seek to find this change that is about you. And may I speak to you, somebody, that change is hope. Do you have hope? When Christ is in you, is the hope of glory. 
when your heart is set on God, there is hope in your life. In the midst of COVID that we are in, you have hope because you know that God will take care of his people. Hope. And Peter says that always be prepared. Always, not sometimes. Every single day of your life, because your heart is set to revere God, there is a noticeable change. So be always be prepared to give a reason why there is a change, why there is joy, why there is hope, why there is peace, why there is so much love, kindness in you. Be prepared to give an answer. Be ready at all times. Even in your sleep, when somebody picks up a call, phone and call you, why are you so calm in your sleep? Be prepared to give an answer. Tell somebody be prepared. But when you are given the answer, then he gives an instruction. He said, but do this. When you are giving an answer to the hope, when you are responding to people about their eagerness of knowing what is so special about you, be, be, be careful to do this. He said, do this in gentleness and with respect. Do this with gentleness and with respect. There is a caution. The way you deliver your message has to be with gentleness. The way you deliver your message to the people that are dying, the people that have lost hope, has to be in gentleness. You have to respect where they are coming from. Many Christians, the reason why we are not able to bring people into Christ is because we are very dismissive and very judgmental and very vindictive and very revengeful in our heart. Paul Peter is saying that be careful that you deliver Christ to the dying world. To deliver Christ to the people that are dying. To the people that are lost. Deliver Christ in a way that is gentle and respectful. Gentle and respectful. Can I tell you something? If you go to people and you want to talk to them about Christ. And all you are saying is you will die, you will die, and you will go to hell. And you, I'm not saying that it's wrong to tell somebody, it's wrong to say that hell is real. Hell is real, heaven is real. But if you're going to speak to somebody about Christ, you got to speak to that person about the hope that is in Christ. You don't change people by condemning them. You don't bring people into Christ by condemning them. You bring people into Christ by giving them hope. When Jesus met the woman, at the well, that woman had, had had so many people that she was sleeping with. Even the one that was with her wasn't her husband. And when Jesus approached that woman, Jesus did not condemn her. He said, you have done well. For Jesus commended her for speaking the truth. It is time that Christians, we need to commend people when they come to us and tell us what they are struggling, what they are going through. It is time for us to condemn, commend them for speaking up things. Because a lot of Christians, we are here. But we are struggling. We are here, but we are addicted to so many things. But if we will open up ourselves for somebody to open up and tell us their struggle, and we go to them and speak to them in gentleness, I tell you, a lot of Christians will work with joy and peace and hope in their lives. Speak in gentleness and in respect. Tell somebody gentleness. Gentleness. Proverbs 15.1 says that a gentle answer turns away wrath. A gentle answer turns away wrath. But a harsh word stirs up anger. The reason why human beings, we are, we are molded up to be defensive. We always want to defend our territory. 
So when you come to somebody with harsh words, the first thing they're going to do is to defend themselves, not to listen. But if you go to them in a gentle manner and speak to them with kindness and speak to them with love, the first thing that they will do is to begin to look at what you're saying and look at the situation and look at what they, they, themselves and say, yes, you are right. Speak with gentleness. I am speaking to you about the topic, gentleness, a state of victory, humility, and confidence in the Lord. It's not we associated with softness, softness, tenderness. Even the dictionary says the quality of being kind, tender, or mild-mannered. But may I submit to you that there is more to it than what dictionary is giving to you. There is more to it than what you understand. When you look at the context of uh, uh, Galatians chapter 5, by the fruit of the spirit, the word that he was using there, the gentleness that he was using there, is submitting your strength in meekness to God. The, 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 the gentleness that he was talking about, it's not about mild madness. It's not about being soft. It's not about being tender. It's about submission. Submit your strength in an attitude of meekness to God. If you can't submit yourself to God, then you can't be gentle in your response to people. Can I say that again? If you're not in submission to God with your attitude, then you cannot be gentle to people in your response. The reason why you're always condemning and looking down on people is because you yourself have not submitted. When you look at a person that is fully submitted, they speak with kindness. But can I also say that gentleness does not mean weakness. When you are are submitted yourself in meekness, it does not mean weakness. How do I know? Bible says Jesus entered Capernaum. He went to a church and people were were, were selling things in his house, in the father's house. And you don't see a gentle person, a weak person. You never would you see a weak person turn things around and pick up a stick and start lashing people. But Jesus, but didn't Bible say Jesus was meek and mild and gentle? Didn't Bible describe him as meek, mild and gentle? So how can a weak person if, if gentleness meets weakness, how can a weak person stand in front of people, pick up a stick, lash them, turn tables up over? Gentleness is simply strength under control. If you have strength under control, you have gentleness. What Jesus did was to show a sign of courage. When you have gentleness, when you are gentle, when you have the gentleness that comes from the spirit of God, it's a sign that you have strength and courage. It takes a person, it takes a strong person to, to truly be gentle. Am I saying, can I say that again? It takes a strong person, strong person to truly show gentleness. Because in the midst of everything else, when things are going bad and you are tempted to say something negative into the situation because you are a strong person, you compose yourself. And the words that come out of your mouth are words of gentleness. When you're looking at a dead situation and all hope is gone and everybody saying it's impossible because you are strong, you look at the situation and say, with God, all things are possible. Gentleness, a person with full control and power. 
How do I know that? Bible said, I've not given you the spirit of timidity, but of power. So whenever the spirit of God has given to you, the fruit of the spirit, with its gentleness, is not weak. It is full of power. And that is why Proverbs says that a gentle word, a gentle word, a gentle word turns away wrath. It, is only, it takes only a person that has power to speak gentleness into a chaos situation. Many of us, we stoke things. We flame things up. When you see somebody and somebody arguing, instead of speaking gentleness, we stoke the flame. We incite violence. We incite anger. We incite fury. We incite so many things. Can I speak to you? If you're that person, you don't have the spirit of God in you. Because the Bible says the fruit of the spirit is gentleness. So if you're filled with the spirit, then your lifestyle is gentleness. When you look at the situation, what you bring into it is gentleness. When your husband does not agree with you, you don't overspeak on him, you don't talk him down, but you speak in gentleness. Why? Because you're a person of power, being controlled by the Spirit of God. If your spouse does not agree with you, you don't dismiss them, you don't become vengeful of them, but you speak in gentleness. Why? Because you're controlled by the Spirit of God. Marriages are broken because we are not controlled by the spirit of God of gentleness. People have given up on God because the church that is supposed to preach Christ are preaching dismissiveness. Am I speaking to somebody? Gentleness. When you are gentle, I said it's submission. But it takes, it takes, when you're submitting to God, you don't submit halfway, you submit fully. See, some of us, we have submitted halfway. That is why we are not seeing the hand of God in our life. Can I submit to you this morning that it's time to submit your all unto God? Submission. To place your strength. To submit, it means to place your strength in the control of God. That means whatever God says is what you do. You have the ability to make your own decision. But because you are, you are gentle and submitted your attitude to God, it is what God says that you go with. So if God hasn't spoken, you don't take a step. It is your God, it's what God speaks that makes a difference in your life. So, so, gentleness in the form of submission simply means that I have my own plans. But I know God has a better plan for me. So I will submit myself to the will of God. So that the will of God will manifest in my life. But if you're going to submit to God. You must have confidence in God. Do you have confidence in God? Ask yourself. Do you have confidence in God? If you want to test your confidence in God. It's how you respond to situation. Determine whether you're confident in God or you're not. Are you confident in God? Are you, are you certain that the God that you serve, he's able? Are you certain that in the midst of all things, that he has a better plan for you? That the plans that you have put together, all the things that you have done, all the, I'm not saying don't plan, but everything that you have assembled, are you confident enough that God has a better plan than that? That is confidence. I put my all in God. I put my everything in God. Why? Because the God that I know and the God that I've come to serve is the creator of all things. 
Am I speaking to somebody? To have confidence in God, you have to understand that he's the creator of all things. That your life, your existence is formed out of him. Without him, nothing is possible. Without him, nothing that was made is made. And he's the sustainer of life. So whatever everybody else is saying, you know that God will sustain you. That is a sign of confidence. That is when you know you have confidence in God. That you know that God will sustain you no matter what you're going through. No matter what the situation. And not only is he a sustainer. See, the reason why you have to put your confidence in God, not only is he a sustainer of life, but he's also your father. Now let me talk to the fathers in the house. If your child comes to you, and Bible says, if your child comes to you, who, which, which one among you would give your children stones when they ask for bread? How many of us will, will, will give our son or our children something bitter just to test them or just to pay them for something that they did? Every one of us, even though we want to do something bad, but because they are our kids, we love them no matter what. We show them kindness no matter what. Even when they disrespect us, we still give them food to eat. Even when they disrespect us, we still give them water to drink. Even when they disrespect us, when Christmas is coming, we still give them Christmas gifts. How much more God? How much more God? The reason why you have to have confidence in him is that he's the one that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can think of and imagine. Am I speaking to somebody? It's your confidence in your degree. It's your confidence in your job. May I submit to you, they can fire you anytime. And the company will move on without you. But God, he won't fire you. God never fires us. We fire ourselves from God. Like the prodigal son, he fired himself from his father's presence. But check this out. When he came to himself, and he found out that he had confidence in his father, that when I go back to my father, he will give me everything that I have lost. Bible said he went back home. So today I submit to you, wherever you found yourself, if you've walked away from God, it's time to come back to the God that we serve because he's able to turn situations around. Come back to him. Come back to him. It takes gentleness for you to realize that I have gone away from God and now I need to come back to him. Coming to church does not mean you are with God. Singing in the choir does not mean you are with God. Preaching does not mean you are with God. Bible said his gift is without repentance. So a lot of people are preaching, but they are not of God. Bible said on this day that you eat of this fruit, you shall die. But they were walking. They were alive. A lot of Christians, we are alive, we are walking physically, but spiritually we are dead. So Paul said, after I have preached, I, I, I put myself in discipline. A lot of us, we are preaching. We are speaking the word. We are, we are leading people to Christ, but we ourselves are not in Christ. Tell somebody, it's time to come back home. It's time to come back home. It's time to come back home. The reason why you have to have confidence in God is because he's a consistent God. He's a consistent God. He will never change. In fact, he has never changed he is the same God in the Genesis. He is the same God now. He will be the same God tomorrow. He will be the same God of your children. He will be the same God of your grandchildren. He will never change. 
So that is why your confidence has to be in him. When, uh, if, you're, if you're, my company has been bought by another company, right, and people are running helter-skelter because they, they are seeing changes that are coming and they know that when changes come, some of them are going to lose their job. So they don't want to be fired. They don't want to wait to be fired. But they are leaving. But God does not change. He does not change. Nobody can buy God out. Tell somebody, nobody can buy God out. Bible says that I will not break my covenant or go back on what I have promised. Everything that God has promised you, he said, I will not break that covenant or go back on it. So with long life, I will satisfy you. I'm not going back on it. I will supply all your needs according to your riches in Christ Jesus. I will not go back on it. You shall be the head and never the tail. I will not go back on it. Wherever the sole of your feet will step, you shall possess. I will never go back on it. I will bless you with all spiritual blessings. He will never go back on it. He's a consistent God. It is not materializing because your confidence in God is short. Gentleness. Gentleness. Am I speaking to somebody this morning? He's a sustainer. He's our father. Lift up your voice and say, Father, thank you for that you are my father. That in the midst of all of this, that you will always protect me. I know you do not change. And I know your promises concerning my life. I hear and amen. So I am working in the promises. In the name of Jesus. To have confidence in God. You have to make God your priority. Tell somebody, make God your priority. Who's number one in your life? Some of us, our spouses are number one in our life. If our spouse speaks, it doesn't matter what God is saying, we don't care. It's our spouse. Some of us, it's our job. Some of us, it's our kids. But to have confidence in God... And to live a life well in this earth, you have to have God. And God has to be number one. Tell somebody, make God your priority. Because to love your wife or to love your spouse, God has to be first. To love your children and to provide for your children, God has to be first. To excel at your job, God has to be first. Life without God is useless. And that is why Paul said that I consider everything a loss that I will gain Christ. Am I speaking to somebody this morning? Make him your priority. Why do you need gentleness in your life? Go with me to the book of 2 Timothy, chapter number 2. Actually, go with me to James, chapter number 1, verse 21 first. James 1, 21. It says, Therefore, Ridding yourself of all moral filth and evil excess, humbly receive the implanted word which is, about, which is able to save you. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant. I like the word rampant, rampant. Our life is full of evil. It says excess. You know excess. It's like when you pour water and you pour more and it overflows. We are living a life full of excess of evil. He said, rid yourself of all moral filth and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word 
which is able to save. In other words, without gentleness, you will not be able to fully receive the word of God. Without gentleness, you hear the word, but not fully receive it. Are you gentle enough to receive God's word? The reason why you and I need to walk in gentleness so that we can receive the word of God, walk with the word of God, and, and, and produce with the word of God. And then it says again, who is able to save you? The key to salvation is gentleness. What does I say gentleness is submission. Repentance is important. And you can't repent without being gentle. Repentance simply means that God's time and God is right at all times. So in my own way, I am wrong. And it will take a gentle person that has fully submitted to God. Put his ego in check under God. Put his pride in check under God. Put his degrees in check under God. Put his achievement in check under God to be fully receive salvation. So some of us, we came to the altar, we raised our hands and said, Father, we are saved and we prayed a prayer for you. But you have not fully received salvation because you are not gentle. Receive the word which is able to save you. Number three, the reason why Christians, we need gentleness is to bring others into the hope of Christ. Those who to bring others into the hope of Christ. Second Timothy chapter 2 verses 24 to 26. It says, and the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome. Let's pause on there for a little bit. The Lord's servant must not be what? Oh, come on, speak with me. The Lord's servant must not be what? But be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful, leading them to the knowledge of truth, and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil, who has taken them captive to do his will. Do not be quarrelsome. The reason why people are walking in this earth not knowing Christ is because Christians are quarrelsome. We are quarrelsome. When you go to the main text, it says that, but revere Christ in your heart. Revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for your hope that you have. But do it with gentleness and with respect. And the second Timothy says the same thing. Do not be quarrelsome. Do not be quarrelsome. When you are not quarrelsome and you speak the word of God, they will hear it, they will listen, and they will walk with it. And the Bible says that they will escape the trap of the devil who has taken them captive. We are quick to condemn. We are quick to judge. We are quick to say all sort of things. But you yourself are the reason that some people are still in the world and have not known Christ. It is us, the church, that have caused people to not come to Christ. Gentleness precedes greatness. If you want to be great, you have to be gentle. Bible said that he left the one that humbles himself. I remember Sunday school, they said, if you humble yourself before the Lord, he will lift you up. If you want to be great, submit. Be gentle in the presence of God and he will raise you up. 
Psalm 18, verse says, you have also given me the shield of your salvation. Your right hand has held me up and your gentleness has made me great. It is the gentleness of God that has made you and I great. This morning, I, I just want to employ you and I want to charge you. Work in gentleness. Submit your ways to God. See, a human strength under human control is very dangerous. can be very destructive. But when you place it under the, under the care of God's control, when you place your control, your strength under God's control, it becomes a powerful tool for God's kingdom. Why? Because when you speak, God flows through your word and it changes the heart of men. God will use your gentleness to, em to empower his kingdom through you. Are you gentle? Are you gentle? Stand to your feet, somebody. Just lift up your voice and just begin to say, Father, thank you for this word. Lift up your voice, somebody. Say, Father, thank you for speaking to us. Open up your mouth. Say, Father, thank you in the name of Jesus. Thank, thank you, O oh God. Thank you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for speaking to us, O oh God. Open up your mouth, somebody, and begin to speak unto God. Say, Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you in the name of Jesus.